0: And welcome to Amazing Tales from off and on Connecticut's beaten path. I'm Mike Allen, here with another story about historically significant people, places, and events from Connecticut's long and fabled past. Today on Amazing Tales, well, they say the show must go on. And it's been going on for 37 straight years, outdoors, at Musicals at Richter in Danbury, Connecticut, where the outdoor theater holds the record for consecutive years of outdoor theater performances in state history. Executive director Bobby Bria says, it's a special experience.
1: It's a unique place you're not gonna find anywhere else.
0: And that is an understatement. Just wait until you hear. Aside from Bobby, my guests include Greg Wensek, the executive producer of musicals at Rector for the first 10 years of its existence, Bradford Blake, famed Connecticut director, who's done many productions at Richter, and Priscilla Squires, a very talented actress at Richter, who's now also managing their publicity. And now stay tuned for The Show Must Go On, Even Outdoors. (laughs) There was an old survey done years ago that showed that the majority of people are scared to death of speaking in front of a group of people, literally. Most said that they feared public speaking more than death itself. Well, maybe you're one of the many folks who would prefer to be in the audience rather than up on stage at the theater. And for the team at the musicals at Richter Group in Danbury, Connecticut, that's just fine. They'll tell you to just settle into your lawn chair, curl up on your blanket, and let them take care of the rest. If you have never had the chance to participate in a theatrical production, even if just in high school, you've missed an experience unlike most others. It's truly a team effort to create everything from the set for the stage, the costumes, the makeup, the sound system, music for musicals, the lights, and, oh yes, the actors. And that's not even really the half of it. So much happens before the real production even begins. And when you're talking about summer theater, it's actually a year-round undertaking. And in Connecticut, outdoor theater is summer theater because you certainly can't do it during the winter. And there's a huge difference between staging such a theatrical production in the relative sanctity and security of an indoor setting versus the transformation necessary to carve out an outdoor setting out of nature— creating a theatrical experience that can leave audiences simply amazed. In Connecticut, the longest-running such summer outdoor theater is based in Danbury. It's located at Richter Park, an idyllic setting adjacent to the Richter Park Municipal Golf Course, and that's roughly a mile from the New York state border. As of today, and the year is 2022, musicals at Richter has staged theatrical productions for 37 straight summers— that's a record in the States. Greg Wensek was executive director for musicals director for its first 10 years, starting back in 1985. Like many others in the theater world, Greg's family was involved in the field as well. His aunt is an equity actress, meaning she's in the Actors Guild or Union, which is a high achievement. His mother's done some performing and his father's been on the radio. He had been drawn to the excitement of being a producer and Greg says coordinating the myriad range of activities required to deliver a performance is simply a great challenge. He says the outdoor space that they got was inherited from two theater groups that had used the Richter Arts Center grounds before them. The first group, he says, was staging musicals.
2: They built a little stage outside, and they had Gilbert and Sullivan performances for a number of years. And it was well-received. The community liked it. Um, Following that, uh, a group came in, uh, the Shakespeare Theater Festival, and they were also Danbury-based, and they set up and they did seven years' worth of Shakespeare.
0: But then the Shakespeare troupe left the Richter Art Center grounds, leaving a void. The Art Center called renowned Connecticut director Bradford Blake, He goes by Brad. Brad began directing back in 1976, and he's also written and staged his own plays over the years. Importantly, Brad had experience with outdoor theater, something he had cut his teeth on at New Haven's Edgewood Park. In fact, an angry mother nature had actually shut down one of his productions there.
3: We had a production of MAME that was interrupted by a a hurricane, so we had to move the second week of that the run of that show and the full run of Music Man at that theater into uh, the indoor theater at Lyman Auditorium.
0: Lyman Auditorium is about a mile away on the grounds of Southern Connecticut State University. It's this respect for and awareness of Mother Nature that is so crucial for outdoor theater, a topic we'll return to shortly. The problem for Brad and Greg was that when the Richter Arts Center called to offer them the site, well, it was just seven weeks away from Showtime, an incredibly tight schedule that most people would have considered essentially impossible. Greg says that thought never really entered their
2: minds. We didn't know that you couldn't do theater in seven weeks. It hadn't occurred to us that that's not something that happened, so we just did it. We had done smaller shows. This was just a bigger version of the smaller shows. What the heck?
0: But that doesn't mean there wasn't a huge laundry list of
2: things that needed to get done. The curtain went up seven weeks after we got that first phone call. And that included then having to select a play, cast a play, fund the play, uh, costume the play, get the props for the play. Add to that, they were doing two shows, not
0: just one. So you had to double the laundry list. And before you can do anything, the first thing you have to do is get the rights to the royalties to stage the performance. Without those rights, there's no play. And that means contacting the royalties office manager who represents the playwrights.
2: I would like to do this play and they say, how many seats will you have? And I tell them some number of seats. And they say, well, for so many number of seats, this is the price that it will cost to do that performance in that space. Okay, so what would it cost them to do their favored musical for their premiere season? Our first choice for the summer was gonna be Sound of Music, Absolutely out of the question when we took it to look at their royalty prices. Instead, they settled on
0: Little Mary Sunshine and Once Upon a Mattress for their first two productions in the 1985 season. However, the pursuit of The Sound of Music had already eaten into their seven-week schedule, so now they really had the hustle. Greg says that they shared their needs with the community through the newspaper, stating, for example, that they needed lots of flowers for the abundant flower garden in Little Mary Sunshine. They got a call from a woman in an area town who just happened to have a barn full of plastic flowers.
2: We fit as many of the cartons of flowers as would fit in my pickup truck and drove them up here to the theater. So it's that kind of gathering up of things and money and props and costume pieces wherever we could find them.
0: The two plays ran for three weekends each. Greg says it took him until the Friday evening show of the third weekend
2: for one of those productions to get every stage prop that was needed. I finally got the swing at the right height for the girls who are at the finishing school in the play to have a, a swing they could actually use that was a right height to get onto in a large hooped skirt.
0: That's just one example of the many special touches that producers have to worry about when doing these shows. Not to mention the lighting system. You need to prepare for an outdoor show that begins before the sun goes down and then turns black as night as the performance is underway. For that, Greg
2: said he knew the company that the Shakespeare troupe had used. We know you're not renting to them this year, so we know you have all of those lights. Um, Can we have those lights? And he said if you've got a check, you can have the lights. And what to do about music.
0: For the first season, there was no orchestra ensemble, just an upright piano. Like everything else, this posed a challenge because it was stored inside the Richter house, but needed to be close to the Richter Arts Grounds Outdoors.
2: The house and the lawn are close, but they're not that close. And there's a stone wall and a stone staircase that lead from the house to the back lawn. So the piano had to go from the house into the lawn, and that was a a chore. So how did they do it? We realized that that required a number of reasonably strong guys to pick up a reasonably heavy piano and carry it a reasonably long distance across soft and soggy grass and be placed down in such a way that it wouldn't sink into the grass. And what about the actors? You cast the show, you put out a notice hey, we're, gonna, we're doing a show, wouldn't you love to be in our show? And if actors love to be in shows, so they showed up in droves. And for director Brad Blake,
0: weeding out who might be able to make it in an outdoor setting, which is distinctly different from an indoor acting setting, well, it fell on his gut reaction during auditions.
3: People who do outdoor theater do it once and hate it, or do it many times because they love it. It's a definite challenge, but there's something extremely unique about it. And
0: Brad says an actor's ability to embrace the outdoors does come through during auditions. Priscilla Squires is one of Richter's actresses. She's currently managing publicity for the team as well. She says acting outdoors can be unnerving for many actors who have never experienced it before.
4: Very often people will come say, I've never done outdoor theater. Oh my gosh, what is this going to be? You know, I'm going to have to pour uh, insect repellent all over me and whatever. But I think once they learn that they're surrounded by very often people who have done it for a while, as well as other newbies, they just get into the spirit. So they got their cast, crew, props, financing, and audience for that first season,
0: and it was a resounding success. Then after a quick celebration, they immediately began preparations for the next season. So just how complicated is it to deal with outdoor theater? Well, as you might suspect, the number one issue is the weather. And Brad says that headaches can begin well before the actual
3: performance kicks off. The set has been held up from being built, or it's built and we're unable to perform on it because it's raining all of Tech Week, all of Opening Week.
0: Bobby Bria is the current executive director at musicals at Richter. He's held that post since 2015. Bobby
1: says the great outdoors can sometimes, though, seem like a fickle friend. That's our biggest asset, and that's our biggest enemy. Like, all rolled into one. is because we're outside. Because things wear out outside. And not only do things wear out, they
0: even get pulverized on occasion. Take the freak Christmas Eve storm during the height of COVID in December 2020. That huge wind and rainstorm in Western Connecticut ravaged the set at Richter, damaging the back wall, the front proscenium, and the lighting truss. And to add insult to injury...
1: They were removing a tree, and the tree fell onto our stage, so we basically need to start from scratch. Rainstorms are
0: a real challenge when they happen. Before he became executive director, Bobby acted in nearly 10 Richter productions over a 15-year period. And he recalls doing the musical Guys and Dolls when one of the signature songs of the entire production came around. When he was
1: singing, sit down, you're rocking the boat. The skies opened up, started raining. So there we are, he said, sit down, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. And it's like pouring out. And no one in the audience is moving and we're just singing away and song ended, rain ended, we finished the show. Priscilla Squires agrees that rain is definitely something everybody
0: has
4: to keep their eye on. If it's just misting a little bit, that can be kind of atmospheric and we all like that. In her initial appearance, she played John Adams' wife, Abigail,
0: in the production of 1776. Her husband, Kyle Miner, played the notable role of John Dickinson. Given that this was their initial encounter with musicals at Richter, enthusiasm was overflowing.
4: Unfortunately, so was Mother Nature. There was a lot of sitting around in powdered wigs and colonial finery, hoping that the weather would change. But once we were out on the stage, it was magnificent. But
0: when the rain gets too heavy now, it interferes with the actors' wireless microphones, and the show simply cannot go on. Interestingly, though, Priscilla says the audience never seems to mind. In fact, they often bring an umbrella and want the show to continue regardless of a little rain. Director Brad Blake says safety is a primary concern for outdoor theater for both the audience and the crew. It's almost like a baseball game where the umpire crew needs to determine if the field is too wet to play a game safely.
3: It might be a rainy day, you are able to do the show, but your stage might be slick from the rain, even if you've got it covered with tarps. So that comes into play, you have to be able to tell your dancers, we're we're doing the rain choreography tonight, which means we're doing the simplified choreography so that no one gets hurt.
0: And once you decide it's a go, the next thing you're watching for is act two. That's because, say, in baseball, a game's considered legally complete if five full innings have been played, and then it's raining too hard to continue. Well, in outdoor theater, the policy is no refunds are given once Act Two has begun.
3: So there are sometimes rain tempos where you just take it up a little faster because it looks like it might be raining, so you want to get that first act in or get the whole show in.
0: Brad says, so there's a big difference between a little misting rain and an outright lightning storm. One of his more memorable weather challenges was during the production of Camelot. There were 13 soldiers on stage raising their real metal sword skyward Well the lights were scheduled to be turned off to total blackness at the end of a singing number for
3: effect. The blackout happened and then was immediately followed by a flash of lightning catching them in, in that pose, um, which, was, which was rather frightening. Um, I think that they... A couple of them um, might have soiled themselves getting off stage.
0: And speaking of darkness, another concern for outdoor theater production is, of course, the sun. When Richter first started, curtain time was 8.30 at night. At
3: 8.30 in the beginning of the summer, it's still not dark. So if you have a show like Oklahoma, which is supposed to begin with Aunt Eller churning her butter on stage, when the curtain goes up and you have no curtain, you have to come up with another way for her to get out there and and start the show um, because there is no blackout, unless you ask the audience to close their eyes and imagine that there is a curtain about to go up.
0: And it's only gotten more difficult since then because Showtime has since been moved back to eight o'clock. Yet another workplace hazard for outdoor theater actors is insects. Bobby says that's especially true for those that
1: fly into your mouth while you're performing. I've swallowed many a bug in my day and actually back, I remember, because of the lights, you always have lots of moths.
0: And of course, perhaps the biggest obstacle at all to a continuous 37 year run of outdoor performances was COVID. Bobby Bria says that as executive director, he of course could not have 300 people or more in the audience for a production, even if it was outdoors. And that's not to mention the risk to the actors and crew. Even Broadway, the great white way, it had, had to dim its lights during COVID.
1: We're the longest running outdoor theater and we did not want to have a season that we a year go by without a season so for him
0: the answer had already been discovered and was in full use
1: we went virtual like everybody else we ended up doing three little um cabaret style events each one ran
0: around an hour long and was filmed for online streaming even bobby got into the act He's the warm-up entertainer who welcomes the audience before each play
1: begins. I actually did the intros right here on stage like I would be doing it if it was a normal summer. And from the show must go on category,
0: the 37th consecutive season was in the books. Priscilla raises an important point, namely that outdoor theater also creates opportunities that no indoor setting could possibly mimic. For example, they were able to create a truly special, special effect. They modified the woods behind the stage for a production of Fiddler on the Roof, building structures that made the
4: woods part of the set itself. We didn't always have the back wall there. Sometimes we'd have little, um, little house structures in the woods there. So you were looking at the village of Anatevka, which was really kind of cool.
0: There's another intangible about outdoor theater, the audience. Brad says that they react the same way that most indoor audiences do, but the setting definitely creates an ambiance that is much different to an indoor setting.
3: It's an adventure. It's something different. You know, if they're bringing their blanket and their picnic dinner, or if they're just renting chairs when they get here or getting a chair when they get here and sitting on the lawn, it's different and it's a little more communal. I think that the audience feels like, they, they can turn and talk to people they don't know in the audience, which you wouldn't do in the rigid auditorium seating of most theaters.
0: Bobby agrees with Brad Blake. The audience is like a family, with people interacting
1: with one another even if they don't know who's sitting next to them. The relaxed nature of being outside. You're in your lawn chair. You've got a nice picnic basket of food. You're drinking a little vino. You're having a little beer. Um, And you're just, it's just a relaxed, and it's
0: beautiful. And if the moon and the stars are out, well, it just adds to the experience. Priscilla says the setting at Richter creates some rather unique opportunities for actors.
4: The nice thing that happens is when we can break that fourth wall and interact with the audience. She recalls one such opportunity during the production of The Mystery
0: of Edwin Drood. That was Charles Dickens' last work before he died, Unfortunately, he never finished it. Only about half the book was written. So a number of theater troops make the most of that situation, as they did at Richter, which borders the city of Danbury's municipal golf course.
4: All of the characters got on the little Richter trolley, which is the elongated golf cart that brings guests up from the parking lot. And what we would do is we would get on the the trolley and try to encourage people to vote for us, because the mystery of Edwin Drew, the audience gets to vote on how they want the, the musical to end. And with the musical, The Pirates of Penzance. The Pirates made their entrance through the audience and were, you know, taking a uh, food from people's picnics and and being general pirates. So you never know on the interaction side how things are gonna happen. So
0: given the choice, wouldn't it just be simpler to get access to a perfectly good indoor auditorium featuring no wind or rain, established sound and lighting systems, curtains and all the other modern accessories? Well,
1: Bobby says outdoors is an incredibly exciting and satisfying venue. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of headaches. It's... Um a lot of stress, but this is such a magical place that it just all seems to go away. The draw for
0: actors like Priscilla is equally exciting. In fact, she says that she and her husband were thrilled when they got their first chance to perform at Richter.
4: We just thought we'd fallen into a tub of butter. It was just a wonderful, wonderful experience.
0: When you ask these musicals at Richter veterans, what is the secret sauce? What makes the enterprise so successful that it's been around for so long? Well, a few answers float to the top. The first says Brad Blake is the family-style nature of the team that puts on the productions.
3: From the very first, we've had families who brought their kids to audition, and then we found out dad could swing a hammer, you know, mom could swing a hammer, mom could sew, you know, Dad was, had some sales and marketing background, and uh, we were quick to get them involved too.
0: As you noted earlier, the interaction of the audience in an outdoor setting also creates a certain sort of feeling of togetherness and cohesiveness that simply doesn't exist in indoor theater. Greg Wensek agrees, saying there's a true feeling of camaraderie
2: at Richter. Everyone fits in and they're welcome. There are other area theaters where the welcoming part isn't as big as the welcoming part is at Richter Park. Musicals at Richter is that family. They, from the beginning, it was a group of people that swam upstream together and they've been swimming upstream ever since. Bobby
0: Bria says one ingredient of the secret sauce is captured in a single key word.
1: Periodically, these waves of families that are very passionate about it, individuals that are very passionate about it, and I think it's that passion that just draws in. Of course, he says the opportunity for actors to work with some
0: of the big names that Richter has been associated with is key.
1: It's amazing to work with Brad. I mean, it's a rewarding experience. And then, you know, it gets out there. You know, people hear, you know, oh, Brad's doing that show. Oh my gosh, I want to be in a Brad Blake production. Of
0: course, Priscilla Squires points out that it doesn't hurt that the longest running summer outdoor theater venue in Connecticut, is located not too far
4: away from the theatrical center of the entire world, Broadway. We are so close to the metropolitan area, so there's a great knowledge of theater, a great love of theater, a lot of people who have either studied theater professionally or have been doing it in community settings or schools for years and years. The collective experience is phenomenal.
0: She says she's always so impressed by the talent that she gets to
4: work with, particularly once she gets to know more about their life outside of Richter. One fellow who's a forensic scientist, and he is out there as an amazing performer. We have another woman who's a, you know, local teacher. She's also a, a veterinarian by training. And a number of performers have gone on from Richter
0: to perform professionally, as well as musical arrangers who have done the same. Well, 37 consecutive years is quite an accomplishment, when you ask the duo who started it all if they ever imagined this would be the case, well, Brad has been pleasantly surprised.
3: I think we were figuring, hey, if we stay open for five years, that, that'll be quite a feat. And if we get through this first summer, that'll
0: be quite a feat. And Brad is quick to point out that many persons over the decades are responsible for keeping it going. And for Greg, well, he's thrilled and impressed about how well everybody has worked for nearly 40 years to not only keep it going,
2: but improve it. He sees bright days ahead. If the pandemic couldn't stop it, then the chances of it slowing down even more are nil.
0: And finally, as much as the cast and crew share incredibly fond memories, there's a poignant example to remind us just how much these productions mean to the audience at the end of the day. Bobby says he received a significant monetary donation recently from an audience member, a woman whose husband had recently passed away. They had loved the many productions they had seen there over the years. And I'm like, well,
1: we're going to, we're going to like dedicate in his name. And we're going to, I'm going to mention you. The, and she's like, no, nope. I don't want my name mentioned. I don't want my husband's name mentioned. We love coming to your, or we loved coming to your place and i just want to help and that perhaps more than
0: anything else is why musicals at richter has done so well over the years the bond they've created with the community in so many ways and you remember that musical they wanted to do in their first season but couldn't afford to buy the royalty rights to do at the time well they did that one in 1986 their second season and guess what the 2022 season coming around this year, the 38th edition of Musicals at Richter will feature two productions, and one of them is The Sound of Music. that's it for this episode of amazing tales from off and on connecticut's beaten path i want to thank my guests for this episode bobby bria executive director of musicals at richter greg wensek the executive producer for richter's first 10 years bradford blake famed connecticut director who's done many productions at richter and priscilla squires a very talented actress at richter who is now also managing their publicity Please follow me at my main podcast website, amazingtalesct.podbean.com. Also, in between episodes, you can check out my Facebook page at AmazingTalesCT. I'd love to hear from you, and please send me an idea of a story you'd like me to look into. If you liked what you heard today, spread the word with your family and friends. See you next time on Amazing Tales from off and on Connecticut's beaten path. I'm Mike Allen. Be safe. And stay healthy. Amazing Tales from Off and On, Connecticut's Beaten Path is a production of True North Associates, LLC.